It's Monday, August 17th. We have Rabia Kamara from Ruby Scoops on the podcast today. We have questions from Scott about where he would take a date in the time of the pandemic. And some new restaurants are opening. Welcome to Eat It, Virginia. Hello and welcome to Eat It, Virginia. My name is Scott Wise and I'm joined as always by my friend, my friend, Roby Martin. Roby, I am so excited for this episode. It's, it's because you like ice cream. That's it's why you're- Because I love ice cream. You are the ice cream screamer. So yes, that's a, that's a good thing. <laughs> the ice cream screamer. I like that. Uh, <laughs> and you just proved it. I didn't even have to say that. Am I making your dog bark? Is that, what that's, is that what's happening now? What is it? We have total silence till we get on a podcast, and then all of a sudden, everybody erupts. That is not my dog. Those are our neighbor's dogs, and as much as I love our neighbors, I would like to say that I do not like their dogs. It sounds like they're in the room with you. Yeah, that dog's trying to flex right now. Oh it's my like gosh. That's the, loud, that's the loudest dog ever. Roby, con- congratulations. On? I, I saw on your Instagram that we... Uh, Came in second place for the second best podcast in this great city of Richmond. You know what? You and I, okay, so I see that posted and then we promptly text each other and ask each other who possibly could have voted. I know. So just to catch you guys up, Richmond Magazine every year does their their best, used to be called best and worst. I think it's now it's just called best, right? It was the best at the worst of times this time. It was a oh, good- Okay, that makes sense. Topical really good this time but yeah we we came in second second congratulations that's amazing i'm gonna give you a raise last year we were third so next year we should be first i mean i think the trajectory is straight up i mean we have nowhere to go but down so. top of the no we got one more spot so next year we're gonna vote i'll remind you to vote you remind me to vote and maybe we'll take home the prize well we must be doing something right because i gotta tell you about my i was recognized in a grocery store in a mask this this past week they actually said i think that you're roby from eden virginia and i said i am but that was was all they wanted to know about me scott i'm sorry to hear that they had other questions (laughs) would you like to know what they are uh that that twinkle in your eye tells me i'm not gonna like this question what's the question I mean, it was not where should I eat. It was not tell me the best happy hours in the time of of Corona. It was, and I'll quote them. This is not a paraphrase. So, is Scott single? <laughs> hey, you're Roby. Is Scott single? <laughs> that hasn't happened in a long time. That's pretty. That's pretty nice to hear. Um, so, to answer the question, I'm going to use the Facebook. It's complicated. Status update. <laughs> oh, I like it. So, yeah. complications aside, because yes your personal life and you can share what you want. Yes. Um, let's say that you are single. Let's just say it. Where would you go right now on a date? I don't think I would. <laughs> I think, um, I don't think I would. No, I'm still not, I'm still not eating uh, in places, uh, in restaurants. So if uh, a potential date would be willing to possibly meet outside somewhere or come back to the house. That's kind of forward for a first date, but you know, if you're going to get good takeout food, I guess, you know, have the options are sort of limited these days. I guess guys, it over, it's complicated over here. It's telling you to slide into his DMs. <laughs> I am not saying that like at all. Slide right into his DMs with places that he can take the dates that he's not having 
to eat that is outside or not his house. You are my pimp all of a sudden. I'm, I'm turning red. This is embarrassing. Can we move on? Yes, we are going to move on. Beautiful. Because um, it's, it's, I love it, and I'm going to bring it up every podcast from now on. Oh, lovely. So, I can't wait. Here's, here's some funny things. So, like, um, restaurants are opening. New restaurants are opening as opposed to ones that are opening back up due to phase three. I guess that's, that's pretty incredible. I mean, we're, all we're hearing about is the economy and the stock market and the job loss. And there's a handful of new places you can go to out to eat all of a sudden. Yes. Like, did you hear about what's going to be in the new Scuffletown Garden? I saw on your Instagram story, you were exclaiming something about $5 food. What, what's that all about? I guess now restaurants in the pandemic are like the Tuesday morning of restaurants. Like it's like everything is $5. What is that? Like $3 place next to frosting? Uh, we, we're not going to get any emails about this, Scott. I'm sure everybody's going to, no one's going to be like, Roby, stop it. <laughs> so I read the article that Carrie posted on uh, the RTD about it's going to be a tapas restaurant. Everything, including the beer, is going to be $5 or less. Wow. All right. Well, one of these days, I'll go check it out. Moving along in Ashland, did you see that? This was exciting. I'm, I'm excited about this one. You had a really great question, too. So why don't you tell everybody what it is and then tell them what you asked them as a follow-up. Okay. So Richmond Restaurant Veterans Jason Alley and Michelle Jones are partnering to open up our, a new restaurant in Ashland in the old Ashland and Tea Company. Right in the heart of downtown Ashland. It's called Canteen. Ashland Coffee and Tea and it's called Canteen, but it has camp vibes. Yeah, that's right. Camp vibes. So it's like summer camp. It's like you're going back to summer camp. And so what I asked Jason, I asked him if there was going to be live music because Ashland Coffee and Tea is like known for its live music at the time when it was open. And I love the question because it could have been twofold because you're like, is it going to be live music at Ashland Coffee and Tea? And Jason Alley plays in a... um. Spanish Ramones band. Have you seen his, his live music act? Are you kidding? They're so good. Is he a better chef or a musician? Oh, gosh. Well, I mean, I like both of them, but I'm going to tell you right now, <laughs> there's nothing like seeing Jason Alley sing, sing in a Spanish Ramones band. Really and truly. Nothing. What, so we'll put that question on our, our social media this week and you guys can vote. Jason Alley, chef or rock star? Yes, yeah, Spanish Los Ramones. What did he? Th- what did he tell you about the restaurant? He said that they are excited about it, a, and that it is going to support a nonprofit primarily um, to send foster children to camp. So it's a really, it's like there's a really great premise behind it. The name is good. If, if people have like old camp items, I think they're trying to decorate it on a budget, which I don't blame them right now. They've asked to, to, if you would donate them. Kate Hawks is the owner of Ashland Coffee and Tea, and they're going to pair with her, and he's going he's planning on being in the kitchen. There's another new eatery that's hopefully going to open up in Richmond this year. It's called Ruby Scoops, and the owner is joining us right now on the Zoom. Hi. Thanks for having me. Oh, thanks for – coming on i'm so stoked i mean just beyond stoked yeah i'm very excited so i i tend to do like a pile of research and then i'm like everything has changed when i talk to people so I was like, <laughs> it's like crazy because of what's going on right now yeah. so i would love it if you'd give us a little bit of your background and how you got to delicious ice creams and sorbets sure so i'm from maryland 
um, I came to Richmond to attend BCU and I always grew up, my parents are African. So like having people over and feeding them and making sure that everyone was like happy has always been a big part of my life. Um, so much so that when I started like baking on my own as a child, I was like, I want to be the next Mrs. Fields. And my mom was like, that's adorable. No, <laughs> we didn't come from another country for you to bake. So I was like, okay. Um, and then when I got to college, I kind of, you know, got to explore the things that I was interested in without anybody weighing in on them. So I started getting back into cooking um, and decided I was going to go to culinary school after graduation. Um, yeah, so then after graduation, I started working in restaurants full time um, and fell in love with really the idea of making ice cream in culinary school. And the more in my pastry chef life that I like made ice cream, the more I liked it. And one night my family and I went to eat dinner at a restaurant that I was the chef at and I watched a family get a dish of ice cream, which came with three scoops. So the parents took one and then the little girls each took one. And one of the little girls ate both of their ice cream and the other one had a full-on fit. And I was like, this is what I'm going to do with my life. <laughs> I'm going to create memories where kids can go back and be like, remember that time we went to dinner and you ate all my ice cream and I cried? <laughs> like, I have a lot of feelings or uh, memories around kind of like ice cream and popsicles and my siblings that I've always carried throughout my life. And I basically want to do that for other people. So, well, I've had your ice cream. You've, ha you've been having some pop-ups around town yes i mean and when i say pop up you pop up and then pop right back down because you sell out so quickly so it's not it happened really quickly this time which was a pleasant surprise so we're going to try to make like twice as much product for the next one that's a good sign though right it like, it's exciting that everyone's excited I, well, we, that's true. Now, Scott, have you had any of the ice cream yet? I don't think I have yet. I, I don't think I've been lucky enough to to be there for the pop-up. So okay, let me know. If you could tell me, I would appreciate that. If you could tell me a little bit about what it is about your ice cream that makes it uniquely yours. Of course. So I think a big part of it is the flavors that we choose to explore. So for myself, I'm a first-generation American. So I really like to kind of infuse flavors that I grew up with. Um, especially because I grew up in Montgomery County, Maryland. So it was like a huge melting pot. Most of my friends were also like first generation Americans. So I grew up in a neighborhood where like my next door neighbor were one family was Ethiopian, my family was Vietnamese. So like I would go to someone's house and eat like injera one night or go to someone else's house and have like pho or beef tongue. Um, so a couple of things are that like we explore flavors that I think are important to us. So like I'm uh, a child of an immigrant and then my business partner um, grew up a military brat. So they got to experience life in different countries and also here. So they have like very fond memories of uh, childhood in Middle Eastern countries and like eating a lot of dates. And um, they really like like Virginia produce and like to do things with like that are really herbaceous. So both of us are not afraid to try new flavors and be open to like the criticism that comes with that. <laughs> and we also do a lot of uh, local and seasonal sourcing. So we use local dairy, local produce whenever we can. So for our next pop-up, we're going to be doing, excuse me, since it's like beautiful summer produce season, we're going to be doing some peach flavors, um, some peach and berry combinations, as well as a corn ice cream. You mentioned a couple of times that you're a, uh 
first generation American and the child yes. of immigrants. From, from which part of Africa are, are your parents from? So my father's from Sierra Leone and my mother, her mother is from Egypt and her, her parents were Turkish and Sudanese. And then my grandfather is from Mauritius Island. So you guys <laughs> may have heard that there was an oil spill on the coast of Mauritius recently. The first time that I feel like that's really happened. So that's interesting. Um, I'm hoping that we can donate some of the proceeds from our upcoming sales to assist Mauritius with what's happening. You're currently in the process of, well, I, so I follow you on the gram and you know, that's where we get all of our information. Now, right? yes. We're full, we're full gram generation, but um, you gave money to Lebanon. You are in the middle of a GoFundMe to raise money for other places. Like you clearly have a very philanthropic heart. Where did that come from? I think that came from my parents, my mother especially. Uh, so I grew up in a Muslim family, and a big part of Islam is giving back, or like zakat, which is charity. So I think for me, it's like if I have something that I can share with someone that'll make their life easier, and I don't, and I don't need all of it, then I'm, of course I'm going to share. Um, and, you know, like, of course... I run this business to make a profit, but also if we can use our money to make a difference, that's maybe just more important as <laughs> making money for ourselves. Um, yeah. So like we, we did send some money to Lebanon, um, Freet and Scoop, which is an ice cream shop. in I want to say Astoria, Oregon, we did a collaboration and they made one of our most popular flavors sold it and then all of those proceeds went to the okra project which basically provides meals for food insecure lgbtq particularly trans individuals um i guess food is my love language so if i can use that to love on people in any way that makes me happy <laughs> very specific and great type of food justice i like it i want to talk about your journey from montgomery county to richmond you mentioned you came here for vcu what was it about VCU that attracted you here? And what was it about Richmond that made you want to come back? Yeah, of course. So my, I'm also the youngest of seven children. <laughs> so yes, that's the face. That's the face. Really. <laughs> so my sister, Salida, uh, she's 10 years older than me. When I was in middle school, she actually came to VCU. So I want to say seventh or eighth grade spring break, I got to spend like 10 days in Richmond. I mean, I was a child, but... It was fun to see what her, my sisters above before that had only gone to school in Maryland. So like if you go to school at home, you stay at home. So I was like, I'm leaving. <laughs> that was always very clear to me that I had to go. Um, so coming here as a younger person and like getting to see what her life was like, how she had friends here. She had kind of like her whole life and community here and she loved attending VCU. So she, um, did undergrad and grad there. And so when I started looking at colleges, VCU was on the list. I came for like an open house tour and kind of never looked back. A big part of what I did like was I went to Schaefer and there was like all this food. Again, food is my love language. And I was like, there's like eight kinds of food in this cafeteria. You know anything I want? That's not a thing in my life. Um, so it was, it was that. And also I originally wanted to go to school as a mass communications major, uh, which is ironic because I've, do a lot of like communication kind of stuff now. So VCU, of course, I mean, it's a great university and a lot of the colleges that are a part of it are pretty nationally ranked and have great programs. So I was like, we're going to go to school and we're going to do journalism. 
And then we get here and they're like, journalism is dying. <laughs> it's 2006. We, we like to say it's evolving, not dying. It's evolving. Not better of a term, but evolving. that was the word that Professor Donahue used. And as an 18-year-old who just was like trying to figure out how to make money, I was like, oh, retreat. <laughs> um, yeah, and then being here, I got to kind of explore who I was as a person away from my family. Like, who is Rubia? as herself, who is Rabia making new friends, you know, getting jobs. And I think I learned to embrace a part of myself here that I didn't knew really even existed before I came here. And I was 17 when I came to college. So I was a baby on top of that. Um, but something about Richmond kind of just like stuck to my heart. So even like graduating and leaving after college, was hard for me and I think I always wanted to come back but I was afraid to and I convinced myself that like I should stay or go back home to Maryland and go to medical uh, excuse me go to culinary school there and then get a job in DC and then when I finally decided I wanted to start my own business I was like well if I do it here at least I have my family to rely on you know I can be with my parents um I have my friends that I grew up with who I know are going to support me so I kind of did that and as time went on and the business grew and I got to a place where I was like, I want to have an ice cream shop. Looking at properties that are seven, eight, nine, ten thousand $10,000 a month when you make ice cream and you're making like artisanal ice cream from scratch and it's all, it just, I was like, this is not, this is not a feasible idea for me to stay here and run this business because I can't have the personal life I want to match my professional life, financially, emotionally, mentally, in DC. Um, and then also every time I would come down here, whether it be for an event or like to visit my friends, every time I'd get in the car to drive back up, I would be in full on tears. Oh. <laughs> and I was like, I should probably figure out how to get back here. And so I was able to connect with Sparity Ventures and actually start looking for a shop in like 2018. Um, and fi- like looked for a year was probably a little pickier than I needed to be but ultimately it worked out because now we're in a place that I think um, is really the best fit for us but originally because all of all I knew of Richmond was campus I wanted to be closer to campus and then I realized that as an adult I have an opportunity to connect to Richmond in a way I didn't have when I was younger and I wanted to jump on that and become a part of a neighborhood and get to know families and get to know people and see someone's face and know exactly what they're going to order. Um, That's, I think what I love about what I do is just like watching people enjoy themselves with what we've created. So we're really excited to be in a neighborhood and meet some families and meet all of you and get ready to scoop up some ice cream. (laughs) So I was first introduced to you, um, not personally, but the, the aura, the essence of you through, through Richmond BizSense. They did an article on you earlier this year and the image, we call it a featured image. The image was this, this woman with this huge smile and these inviting <laughs> eyes. And I was like, who is this person? Like, I need to know this person's story. Um, so I'm so glad you're able to join. To join. Thank you. I'm so excited. And it's crazy because I don't, you guys, you guys know that Facebook has, if you're not friends with someone, like all the messages go to like a little secret box. So Scott had messaged me in February, and I and and I and you too, and I never saw either of them until like 
April or May. And I was like, hi, I'm so sorry. I was not ignoring you. I just never knew this existed. <laughs> I'm used to it. I'm not sure if Roby is, but I'm, I'm used to it. Um, yeah, so I didn't. I, you messaged her and said, I sent her a message and I haven't heard from her. And I, so I was like, I'll just, but I'll just hop on the gram and see if there's, if I can connect the dots there. So no, he was like, I don't know. I want to have her on. <laughs> Well, it's almost, it's, almost a good, it's almost a good thing that it's been delayed a bit because the story that I read in February was that you were about to open up a store like in March or April or May. Oh, right. And obviously now we're in August and the store's not quite open yet. And so I want you to tell us a little bit about what has happened in the last few months and weeks and what's happening right now, this huge fundraising effort that's going on. Yes, thank you. So, I mean, we found a storefront in Brooklyn Park boulevard neighborhood it was 300 originally um and we had looked at a spot in manchester with that same realtor and he's like i got something like this on north side and i was like let's take a look and that's nathan hughes you're working with nathan hughes and veronica wiles are who we are working with but the person i'm speaking about is the person that represented the other side of the other side of the equation ah okay so we have been i literally i think i drove down here this weekend of my birthday last year and I got here and we literally spent from like 9 a.m. to like 5 p.m. looking at places. So we were done, almost done. He was like, let's go check this other place out. So by the time we got there, my brain was so like spent. I couldn't even like, I just couldn't digest what was happening. And then I kept driving past the building. I kept accidentally getting like lost because I, I get confident. I'm like, I know where I'm going. My, my mind is like, we haven't lived here in uh, nine years. You don't know where you're going at all. <laughs> So I kept getting lost and ending up in the neighborhood and just, again, just like really liked the way that I felt when I was there and really liked the fact that people who don't even know me were like waving at me and saying hi. Um, so we signed a lease on 300 West Brooklyn Park Boulevard. It was supposed to be like a full-on custom build-out, like this two-story building. We were going to do community events on the top, um, kind of like extra seating. And we signed a lease end of December we spent like all of January and part of February working on uh, the architecture plans and equipment lists and all those things of that nature um basically approved the plans to be submitted to the city at the end of February hadn't heard from my landlord or the architect I moved down March 1st two weeks later the whole world closed down <laughs> um got a call from the landlord that was like hey we haven't submitted any of the permits or any of the information yet, which was confusing to me because I had said three weeks before, like, hey, let's roll, get start, start moving around. He's like, yeah, we haven't submitted everything. Apparently, like, our HVAC contractor submitted some stuff five weeks ago. He hasn't heard back. So it's kind of already sounding interesting. <laughs> so basically, from then on out, and he was like, you know, we'll have, a, we'll have a update conversation every week. I'll call you on Fridays between this time and that time. Um, you know, I'll, I'll let you know what's going on. I don't know when we'll get started, but as soon as things get approved, it'll be like six weeks. Okay, cool. So never had an, uh, one of those weekly update calls. Never called me. Uh, wouldn't reply to my emails. And I know how I felt all throughout February <laughs> and March. But like, hey, I got back to you eventually. Uh -huh. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, like basically like wasn't replying to anything. They started to kind of walk back on the things that he had contractually like signed and obligated himself to and was just kind of, things were getting really tense. Basically, I feel most of that time, 
it was just kind of like being left in the dark and thinking to myself, well, the city must not really be moving because, you know, we're on lockdown. The employees aren't really there. Central employees like kind of giving him the benefit of the doubt, but with trying to get, you know, simple information, like what's our portion of the build out costs? What file, like what permits have been filed? What's our timeline looking like? We never got like, never got any of those answers. So ultimately we were able to terminate that lease, but we lost our security deposit. And then we lost about $7,000 that we had saved for equipment and build out and construction in legal fees, um, which sucks because who would have thought that having you know a lawyer do like 12 hours of work would basically take away most of, not most of, but a huge chunk of money that we needed to open. Um, You're the one that said you didn't want to go to law school, you know? I know. And look at me. Whoops. Whoopsie. Maybe I should have. <laughs> and I'm just kidding. I absolutely love what I do. So <laughs> I don't quite, I don't quite regret any of that. Um, but basically, you know, I feel like I spent the first four and a half years of my career thinking that I had to really keep Rubia Kamara and Ruby Scoops like separate and not really being very transparent about what I was personally experiencing and how that was affecting the business because. I had this whole idea where like I could be Ruby and Ruby scoops. I mean that they are separate things, but they are also, they don't, you know, like they're not mutually exclusive, but I am those two things. Um, and I finally just decided that like, it's okay for me to be honest with the people who want to support us and spend their money with us and see us like succeed and excel and eat our ice cream to say to them like, Hey, things have been really difficult and here's what's happening. Um, cause I mean, in the time that I've been in business, I've had to get part-time jobs, get full-time jobs, move out of kitchens, move into kitchens. Uh, I've been in relationships, I've experienced breakups, like all of those things I kind of just like toted with me and carried, but I was, this is, I was just, this was not a burden that I could shoulder on my own and we needed help and we, you know, we need, we need help and we need support and I, I, you know, I didn't know what to expect. I think I was really frightened that I would come to Richmond and nobody would care or we would fail. But to have to be here and to be like five days into our Kickstarter campaign and be 61% funded, so excited. It's like, let's back that up a second. You started a kick, you started a Kickstarter to help raise the money to open up this ice cream shop. Yes. So in deciding to be like transparent about what was going on and needing to like lean on, basically lean on our network, I decided to launch a Kickstarter campaign. Um, so we're trying to raise $15,000 to basically raise back the money that we lost in the security deposit and the legal fees and have like a little bit left over to play with. Um, because, you know, we just, we, just, we just can't do it solo anymore. And the nice thing is that the Kickstarter allows us to reward people. So we get to do fun things like get that, you know, we're, we're rewarding people with these like limited edition stickers and tote bags and t-shirts. And um, I was connected with someone who's actually the interior designer on our space now. And she created this whole like sketch of me. That's going to be a mural in the shop. Whoa. Yeah. That we're going to be putting on stickers and, shirts this is like your type of kickstarter scott like you can help <laughs> also get ice cream absolutely like, i feel like this is yeah. like 
right in your eye. Yeah. Because you are an ice cream guy. You mentioned the you mentioned the shirt and and but what's the ice cream deal here? What's the uh of ice cream deals? So we basically we have rewards um, that are basically increments from I would say five dollars to a thousand dollars. So I think at seventy five dollars you get a scoop for I'm sorry coupon for a free ice cream in addition to the tote and the sticker and the, yeah those two and then at a hundred you get two handmade um, Sunday sauces in addition to those things. At $400, you can get four pints every month for a year delivered to you. So that one is especially for Richmond. Um, I think at 500 or 550 we have the Sunday's Best, which is a post-pandemic ice cream Sunday party for you and 20 of your closest friends. Like and then, the party ever. I don't know why <laughs> people wouldn't do that. She, only has, she has 10 of them. She has 10 left, I want you to know. And I don't know about you, but 20 people – at $500 for a Sunday party is really a beautiful deal. Well, thank you. We appreciate you to help somebody. You are, you are almost 10 grand in to your $15,000. Crazy. Last time I checked, it was like 9,100. I'm also trying not to be an obsessive like Kickstarter watcher. <laughs> well, I, I, you should be obsessive because this is amazing. You, I mean, I have cried like every day this week and not because I'm sad, but because I'm just like so genuinely happy and like just, I really don't even have words for it. Like I, I launched it on Friday night and had an like instantaneous cheaty Anagonia good place stomach ache because I was like, no one's going to care. I just, <laughs> and then I woke up the next day and we had like $1,500 and then same thing every day. I'm like, oh my God, how is this? even happening and my friends and my family and my boyfriend are like people love you and they love your ice cream how do you not realize that and i'm like i don't know my head's been down making ice cream for the past five years wouldn't it be amazing if you were like at 14999 when this podcast releases on monday and oh my God. A, one of our listeners puts you over the edge i would love it wouldn't that be amazing i would like her to be at Twenty-two nine nine nine, and one of our <laughs> listeners just adds a thousand dollars to the bot. If you if you want what my, I would like to have happen, but we'll go with fourteen nine. Scott, we'll take it. <laughs> um, yeah, but like the biggest reward, we have a thousand dollar reward, which I'm entitled Forever Young. So basically, like you create your own flavor, and will be immortalized at the shop. So every week, every every year, the week of your birthday, we run it in the shop, and then you get six flavors or six pints of that flavor. Uh, as long as we exist, basically. So there's that Julio Jazz. And then um, our first 120 backers are going to get a custom mini, like a custom scent mini soap from her apothecary, which is a Black-owned um, self-care company, if you will. And it's 120 because our address is 120 West Brooklyn Park Door. So a good neighborhood. That's a great neighborhood to open. Super excited. So yeah, we're gonna do probably we're doing this reward for the first one twenty, and then maybe a reward for like a little extra for the last fifty. You mentioned that your boyfriend and your friends say that people love your ice cream, and that's one of the reasons why you're getting so much support right now. The social climate, what's happening in Richmond currently, and the support of Black-owned businesses that that's that's making headlines, literally headlines in town. How much do you attribute to that? Just the the top of mindness that's happening I'm sure that has a lot to do with it i think um it's really i mean the support that black owned businesses are getting right now i think is absolutely extraordinary i wish that it had existed 
prior to like this ridiculous political tumultuous place that we're in because I mean it, it's it's always been hard to be a black person. It's always been hard to be a black person in business, but better late than absolutely never. <laughs> That's for sure. Um, and I'm sure that has a lot to do with it. Like we're a black and queer owned company. And I think people are finally realizing it's difficult to be a minority, like genuinely difficult to be a minority or to be a minority in business. So I think a big part of it is people finally being willing and ready to contribute and back us and like genuinely want to see us succeed. Um, and I would never want that to not be the case. So hopefully that this is just the beginning of a trend of people supporting black businesses. Was it, I don't know how to use the word easier, but that's the only word that's coming to mind. Is it easier in a city like DC? I think, I mean, I don't know if it's the same anywhere you'd go. I've, I've spent most of my career in DC and then part of, you know, I've been trickling myself back into Richmond. Um, but I feel sometimes to an extent that Richmond cares a little bit more about small and local businesses, um, more than I've seen in other places in general. And that was another part of why I wanted to be here was because I, I genuinely see people caring about small businesses and caring about the economy and not really like supporting chains as much. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think, I mean, I was really kind of genuinely astonished and I don't know if DC is going to like to hear this, but <laughs> you know, DC is historically the place that it's been. Um, and I think Richmond has, especially within this year has seen a lot of rallying to change, like what this state and what this city means and what it looks like and so i'm excited to be here kind of like at the turn of what i think is a change in the way that this whole city's going to be that i don't think is necessarily happening all i mean it's happening all over the country but i don't think it's happening the way that it is here positive outlook i like that mm, me too i love it here i mean i was talking to um i had an interview with an individual in DC recently and they asked me, do I feel resentful or like, do I feel like I was pushed out of DC because of like how things were financially? And I was like, I don't feel, I don't feel pushed out. I voluntarily decided this is where I wanted to be. This is where I wanted to make my living and make my life. Um, I was like, I love Richmond. I would have, I would love to have a shop in DC. Maybe that's what we do eventually, but I've known probably for three years, this is where I wanted to put up my first shop. So having lived in Richmond, I'm sure you're doing, uh, or you have done some of your market research. A little bit. <laughs> a little bit. So, you know, in addition to visiting your ice cream shop, are there other desserts places around town that you would, uh, that, that you frequent or that you, that you like to uh, sample from? I really, really like Idle Hands Bakery. I think Jay is awesome. I think what he's doing is great. I haven't been to Sub Rosa, but I've heard nothing but amazing things about it. Um, I've been to Shindigs a couple of times. um i think those are really my 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 top three but it also it's difficult because i moved here like right before the world closed so i feel like i know i know less than i would have hoped to know being back for five months well i read in one of the articles that while you were at vcu you lived above terrence is that factually correct almost all of my time and money there (laughs) and you and, and you formed a bond with ted while while living there 
Ted was uh, one of the people that encouraged me to follow my culinary like pursuits and passions and not go to law school. So he'll always hold a place in my heart. It was really uh, hard for me when I found out he passed away. He hasn't had, um, I've talked to a few people about Ted. He had that effect on, on him, very positive, very do what you want to do type of dude. So. Yeah, he's awesome. Did, did you end up eating a lot of fried chicken and pizza? Because that's all I eat at um, Terrence. Famous for getting a chicken melt. A chicken melt. The chicken melt at Terrence is probably my favorite thing on the menu. When I was in college, I think it was chicken melt, meatball subs, and pizzas. They hadn't done fried chicken yet. So all I eat, I've, anytime I'm there, I'm just, and, I, and, I, and I mean that together. <laughs> like I get a pizza and chicken because I feel like that's the way to go. <laughs> Also, their French toast, their banana sponsors French toast. What? Oh, maybe it's not a thing anymore. It was a thing from 2016. Oh, I just probably don't know about it, but what? <laughs> yeah, they have a banana sponsors French toast. And so I had like I had my college graduation brunch there because I was I was like, I'm just gonna go downstairs. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have to drop home. <laughs> don't worry. Walks down the stairs. Um yeah, their food's great. I'm looking forward to getting to see them again, too. Uh, uh, we, they, Francis, I don't know if you've seen Max, but Francis, Max is so big. No, I've heard. <laughs> so, so, so big. So I was looking at some of your flavors to talk about like, Banana Fosters, because that's one of my favorite flavors. But oh, you, are, um, you have a couple of like flavors that are not... We, we don't really see in Richmond. Like okay. you use soursop in your sorbet. Yes. So I, have, and I love that flavor, but I have not seen it in Richmond ever. Well, it'll be here. And that again stems from having friends who are children of immigrants who are like, hey, can you make this flavor for me? I have an idea. So I have a friend named Fabian Malone. He's uh, like a career bartender in DC who is of Jamaican and like Jamaican Chinese heritage and decided to start cooking. So I have made his ice cream and sorbet for his last two pop-ups. So for the first pop-up, we did the sour sop sorbet, which he was really happy with. And then we did a rum raisin ice cream mm-hmm. where I macerated the raisins and like overproof Ray and nephew for four days. So everybody ended up getting drunk on ice cream, which was not what I meant to happen, but <laughs> it's what happened. And then this last one we did I great. Yeah, right. I was like literally drunk. Last one we did grape nut and sour sop. So um, we're excited. To, and then for our last pop up at Charm School, we did a strawberry guava sorbet, a pineapple passion fruit, ginger apple, mango. So we kind of tried to, I kind of tried to like work in flavors that I've been exposed to, or that I think people haven't really quite seen. How does music play a role in your in your uh, development of flavors and the naming of flavors? So we do music festivals um, and when we do music festivals, I like to try to pair <laughs> flavors based on the artist. So we've done Broccoli City a couple of times. Um, so for future, we did like a purple Sprite flavor where we did a blueberry and Sprite sorbet because blueberries cook out purple. And then Cardi B was there. So we did party with Cardi. I did like an island punch. And I put liquor in it because she was pregnant at the time. So if she can't drink, we should all drink for her. <laughs> I, see, I see a theme developing here. This is the second get drunk on ice cream dish. My favorite theme of all ice creams. I feel like if you are of legal age to drink, why not drink your ice cream? 
you know? Why? Absolutely not. Um, I can think of worse things. What else? That's the t-shirt. That's the slogan on the t-shirt. Yeah. Drink your ice cream. (laughs) What else have we done? It's typically for festivals. So, um, oh, we've done National Cannabis Fest a couple of times. So the first year, uh, Cypress Hill was the headliner. So I did a flavor called Jump Around, which was a coffee and Oreo, because I was like, caffeine and sugar, big sugar rush. Um, so I think I just kind of try to pull from lyrics or artists that I like or who are going to be there and think to myself, like, what do I think represents this person and how can I put that in a flavor? So for instance, Cardi is very bright. She's very loud. She's very unforgiving of who she is. Like, you're going to take her or leave her. And I feel like passion fruit, pineapple, like those very punchy flavors are the same way. You're going to like them or you're going to hate them. So that's how we're going to roll with it. Cypress Hill, even for them to be like super like 420 dudes, they're very like jump around. They're very high energy. So I was like, what's going to match that feeling? Um, yeah, so I'm, I'm looking forward to getting kind of back into that groove and inspired by music. We are actually planning on allowing the neighborhood to help us create the playlist for the shop and kind of create the vibe. Nice. So, yeah, I'm going to do probably a little giveaway uh, for people just to get them involved. Because again, we, you know, we're the community ice cream shop. We want people to feel like they're a part of it. And if it's as simple as, hey, this is the song I chose when in there and there, that that's what we want. Um, so, you know, I think once we get those songs, we kind of get a, a feel of what the vibe is in the shop. Maybe that will encourage some more flavors as well. Dictate some flavors. Yeah, let's see where it takes us. I think the eat it the eat it Virginia flavor is vanilla on vanilla. <laughs> I love vanilla. <laughs> so if that was changing the music, it would be fish. Yes, I'm a I'm a I'm a jam band. But the, fish already has their own ice cream. Ben and Jerry's took care of that for us. So yes, they did. But yeah. I, I I'm not a fish fan, so it was cold <laughs> fish for me. <laughs> That's the type of fish I like. What? Not your regular old fish, but fit, that doesn't sound good in ice cream. Not, not fish with a pH. Where can we find you next? What, what's what's next for Ruby Scoops? And when people see you, do they call you Ruby Scoops? Or they call you Rubia? Or what do they call you? Um, I get a lot of it. My friends are always like, Scoops! So we get uh, uh, Ruby Scoops. What, ice Cream Lady. I get a lot of Ice Cream Lady, Cookie Lady. Um, I was actually <laughs> in the Water Festival last year. Like in the crowd, I turned around and was like, oh my God, it's the ice cream lady. And I was like, <laughs> yes, it is. Hi. Um, yeah, a lot. Ironically, I went to get my nails done at Holy Chic and sat down next to someone and had said I was like, left ice cream at Charm School for the pop up. And they were like, oh my God, are you Ruby Scoops? <laughs> I was like, wait, how'd you go? That's so crazy. Yeah, the fact that people are like, are you Ruby Scoops? I'm like, oh my God. It's so crazy to be that. Is that like, was that your intention though for that to be your stage name basically? Was it ironically enough? So like I had chosen the name and really liked it, and then um, a friend of mine from high school is an illustrator, and at the time he was uh, doing like work with Cartoon Networks. So he was doing a lot of things that looked like the shows that were on then. So I had asked him to basically make me this like Adventure Time esque beautiful little black girl eating ice cream. That was the only direction that I gave. And he sent back like four different iterations of the logo, one of which looked like me, <laughs> which was never the plan. And he was like, I'm making an executive decision. This is the one I like. And I was like, I don't know. And then I showed it to my friends and my family and they were like, nope, we choose you. We choose this one. <laughs> so I didn't think about it 
originally, but I mean, I think it's, it's worked out. It's had its favor. And I mean, a big part of it for me is that growing up, I didn't see anyone that looked like me cooking. So I figured even if it was a cartoon, if I could make this logo of this little girl that looked like me, other little black and brown girls would see that and be like, oh, she looks like me. Her hair is curly like mine. It will represent us in a way that we're not used to seeing. Um, so I didn't mean to be like a walking logo, but I'm happy to be if it's going to encourage other people to kind of try to follow their own back, the path and dance to the beat of their own drum. So Scott, I think you were digging for when the next pop-up was. That's what, I, that's what I want to know. So August 18th, we will be back at Charm School for Pints. Uh, we'll be there from 5 to 8 p.m. So, so, Charm, so, so Charm School, another Richmond locally owned restaurant, uh, yeah. ice cream, is letting, sharing their space with you. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, and that's, I mean, another thing kind of, and going back to your question about how I feel about, like, you know, the D.C. market versus the Richmond market, uh, I've not been here long and the people that have kind of like come forward to offer help or be like a shoulder to lean on that support has been tremendous. Cause charm school was just like, Hey, you know, we opened in December and that was really hard period. But we can't imagine what it's like to be trying to open with like all the stuff that you have experienced plus the pandemic. Like if there's any way we can help you guys want to host a pop up, let us know. And I was like, that is so kind of you. Cause like how often is your competitor going to say, Hey, come up and come into our shop and sell your own ice cream. Um, so it was really comforting to know that like the ice cream community here is supportive and they kind of all have each other's back. And, you know, we all have our own, you know, things we do or niche are all in different neighborhoods. So it allows us to, I think, support each other and create this circle of people who want to support each other and also want to, you know, do good. Um, so yes, we'll be at Trump School on the 18th. And then on the 21st, we will be at Fuzzy Cactus. Very near where you guys are going to permanently be. Yes, we would have virtually been across the street from them, but we're still in the same neighborhood and they're amazing people. Um, and ironically enough, one of their bartenders is someone I used to work with in DC. And I just like walked in the other day and I was like, what are you, what are you doing here? <laughs> so it was nice to know we can lean on each other as well as, uh, people who are here. And then, so Fuzzy Cactus is August 21st. Both of them are from five to eight. Awesome. Uh, well, there you go, Scott. So that means you're going to have to like truly get to charm school at 440. Um, yeah, because so that's how things go. I'm just telling you now. Don't worry, Scott. We can put some aside for you. Appreciate so, you. Well, yes. <laughs> Already getting the sad, sad piece of ice cream. I love it. That's, that's the way yeah. to go. Yeah, so we're going to be doing you to the west a little bit further to the west. Maybe I can um, talk somebody in over here to having you. Maybe like barrel fee for someone that can have you. Absolutely, please and thank you. Perfect. Well, Scott, I can't wait to hear about your ice cream on Tuesday. And we've had Rubia Kamara from Ruby Scoops with us today. And you're listening to Eat It Virginia with Roby and Scott. So, Roby, we just had a great conversation with Rabia. I'm smiling from ear to ear. I'm going to go to the both pop-ups, I think. I'm going to go to both pop-ups, but I'm about to bring the conversation down a little bit. Oh, man, why do you have to drag us down? You posted a photo on your social media last week, six or seven or eight or 52 bottles of salsa from a local company. 
things of salsa. And it was something like, can't wait to try this with Scott or Scott's going to love this or whatever. And I started getting like, literally I got started getting messages on my social media. Like what's the story with the salsa? Tell us about the salsa. How's the salsa taste? And guess what? Nary an invitation. So I'll tell you what, what happened. So the eggs behind Dom Sebastian salsa. Did you say the, the eggs? Yeah, the good eggs. The good eggs. The good Plus, eggs behind the salsa sent salsa, a, a lot of salsa. Um, a mountain of salsa is what I've been calling it. This is like our first, our first like product. Uh... It's our product reveal. Yes, it's our first one. I'll tell you what, I have a lot of salsa for you. We have not touched it. It's still all done. You say, yeah, you, you said that before, but I still haven't seen it. Well, you're going to see it. If you just would say when you can come visit, I do not have any more jalapeno dip. <laughs> so how was it? What's the early review? That is... It's the, all gone. The jalapeno dip is the most addicting thing I've ever had. Now, did the king of your castle let you share, or is it all you? Or how's it? He did not get any. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. he's not, he's not a high enough king for for jalapeno dip. So I'll tell you what else happened, which I think you, so salsa aside, I think we're going to have her on the next podcast. America, it can talk about her salsa and how she got there. So what was the name of the salsa again? Don Sebastian. Don Sebastian. Um, so that aside, um, have you heard what's going on at your favorite ice cream place? The one that you and your kids um, not the one that's doing a Kickstarter right now. <laughs> I was going to say, uh, I have not heard what's going on in my favorite ice cream place. Tell me. You remember when we talked about a place that you took your kids that's about an hour and a half away? Yes. Okay. The Richland Dairy? Yep. Okay. Do you know how long it is it takes to get ice cream now there? I don't. How long does it take to get ice cream there? It's like an, so it's like a two hour wait. What? Yes. You created monsters from Richland. Ah, we know that's not true. It is totally true. And people are driving to Richland to get creams. Yeah, there's some amazing milkshakes out there. It's worth the drive. I mean, there are very few things in life that are worth the drive. And Well, you think, and this is how we're going to end this podcast. I'll tell you, I'll tell you, Alcatraz is worth the drive. <laughs> Graceland was worth the drive. And Richland Dairy is worth the drive. Well, uh, well all ice cream to you is worth the drive. <laughs> Alcatraz. Alcatraz! This episode of Eat It Virginia. Eat It Virginia? (laughs) This episode of Eat It (laughs) Virginia. No! Oh, God, no.